Welcome to the Happy Menopause Podcast with me, Jackie Lynch, nutritionist and founder of the Well, Well, Well Nutrition Clinic, where I specialise in women's health and the menopause. There are multiple ways that diet and lifestyle can support you through the challenges of midlife. And my latest book, The Happy Menopause, Smart Nutrition to Help You Flourish, is packed with all my best nutritional advice to help you tailor your diet to your menopause symptoms. Join me and my expert guests on a journey through midlife in this podcast and find out how you can have a healthy and happy menopause. Hi everyone. In today's episode, I've decided to talk about one of the key pillars to managing menopause symptoms, and that's blood sugar balance. It really is Nutrition 101 if you want to apply a dietary approach to your health and well-being during the menopause. And so much of this comes down to getting the basics right. We have a bit of a tendency to want the quick fix, the miracle easy cure provided by a superfood from Peru that will solve all our problems. But before we think about micronutrients for menopause, and some of them are pretty brilliant, it's incredibly important to get the balance of macros right, because if you do that, everything else tends to fall into place pretty quickly, and without you having to think too hard about it. Doesn't that sound good? Because I bet you're pretty busy. If you get things right with the macros, then your blood sugar will sort itself out without any help from expensive, constant glucose monitoring attachments. More on that later. But first, I'd like to give a quick shout out to my sponsor, Better You, who make it possible for me to produce this podcast. We need optimum levels of vitamin D to absorb the calcium, which keeps our bones strong and healthy. And that's why a supplement really is a non-negotiable for women in midlife. Vitamin D also plays a key role in supporting immune function, protecting against infection, and it can influence our mood and mental health too. I'm a big fan of the Better You Vitamin D Oral Sprays, which include products suitable for all the family that are very simple to use and with a delicious peppermint flavour. Discover their full range of vitamin and mineral sprays and their wonderfully calming magnesium products, which come as lotions, bath salts and skin sprays by visiting betteryou.com forward slash THM where listeners can get 20% off at checkout using the code THM subject to terms and conditions. So that's B-E-T-T-E-R-Y-O-U.com forward slash THM plus the discount code THM which stands for the happy menopause. Nice and easy to remember. I'd like to start by exploring the reason why blood sugar balance is so important and what role it has to play in managing our menopause symptoms. To understand that, we need to take a step backwards so we can look at the bigger picture. Because it all comes down to stress. Basically, the more stressed you are, the worse your menopause symptoms are going to be. And that's bad news, because midlife is probably the most stressful period of a woman's life. If you have children, you may be dealing with the fabulous clash of the hormones in the household when menopause meets puberty. But we're also the sandwich generation, which means that you could be caring for elderly relatives as well. Professional women usually have more responsibility at work, which means more pressure and with it more stress. And then there could be money worries, health concerns, relationship issues, not to mention the state of the world at the moment. So it's no wonder that we sometimes feel as if our head's going to explode. But why does stress have such an impact on our symptoms? 
Well, here's the thing. Too much stress directly interferes with the body's plan B. Because of course there was a plan B. Our body is a super top high performance machine and it has backup plans for everything. The menopause is no exception to this. Here's how it works. As the ovaries start to reduce the production of sex hormones, our adrenal glands are programmed to take over and they produce a weak form of estrogen post-menopause to keep us fit and well. Our adrenal glands are two peanut-shaped glands that sit just above the kidneys. One of their other important jobs is to produce the hormones adrenaline and cortisol to generate the fight-or-flight response as part of our stress response. We're still programmed genetically for about 10,000 years ago, so when our stress hormones are released, they're thinking imminent physical danger saber-toothed tiger or similar. So our fight-or-flight response is designed to save our life, and it's the body's job to keep us alive. In fact, that's its sole purpose. So of course, when it comes to a choice between producing estrogen or producing cortisol or adrenaline, the stress hormones will win every time, and poor old estrogen won't even get a look in. So this is why it's so important to manage your stress levels. The more conscious effort you can put into this, the better. So please, think about managing your schedule so that you're not overloading yourself. Focus on relaxing, calming or enjoyable activities. Massage, mindfulness, yoga, arts and crafts, playing a musical instrument, walking in nature or anything else that you find consciously relaxing. But when it comes to diet and stress management... Blood sugar balance is the first place to start. Because every time your blood sugar crashes, your body releases cortisol and adrenaline. And I'm guessing you don't need any more stress hormones in your life than you've already got. So let's take a look at the biochemistry of blood sugar. Our body is programmed to keep levels of sugar in the blood in a specific range. And if it goes significantly above or below that, this can create a state of emergency that requires it to take action. Things that make our blood sugar spike, unsurprisingly, include things like large amounts of sugar and sugary foods, cakes, cookies, chocolate, for example. Refined carbohydrates like white bread, white rice or white pasta. Simple carbohydrates such as fruit juices or jams. And then what we call stimulants, caffeine, alcohol, nicotine, for example. You know the kind of thing I mean. These can all influence the insulin response. Now, if there's too much of any of this stuff, insulin is released and its job is to scoop up all the sugar, send it off to the liver to be stored. The liver's big. You know, it's about the size of a small rugby ball, but it can get full if you've really been packing away the sugar and any excess sugar will be stored as fat cells. So every time your blood sugar spikes, you're encouraging your body to lay down fat stores which is definitely something to think about if you struggle with weight management. Now, because it's an emergency response, the insulin doesn't carefully calculate how to get you back into range. It simply hoovers up the whole lot. And in a short space of time, your blood sugar has crashed. And this is when you'll be feeling tired, irritable, shaky, headachy, dizzy, and absolutely desperate for something. You'll know that feeling because we've all had it. And this is because our stress hormones have come out. Now remember, they're operating as part of the fight or flight response. 
So low blood sugar is bad news because sugar is the body's primary source of energy. And low blood sugar means that you're not going to have the strength to fight or the energy to run. So cortisol takes action and it does a couple of things. Firstly, it sends a message to the liver telling it to release the stores of sugar back into the blood. And it sends another message to the brain creating the craving. You'll know the one. It's never for a green salad, is it? Oh, no. It's always for something sugary, carby, or maybe a cup of coffee or could be a glass of wine. It can depend on the time of day as to what you might crave. But it's always something that your body knows instinctively will give you that quick fix of energy. So it's a double whammy. The liver releases the sugar stores and you grab a sneaky snack. And before you know it, instead of going back into range, your blood sugar spikes again. You'll be feeling bright and breezy and much better. But in the background, insulin's saying, I don't think so. And so the whole process can start all over again. You can see how the background to your day can be these highs and lows of blood sugar, which will be pretty exhausting. And that constant release of stress hormones will be keeping your adrenal glands far too busy to produce any estrogen to help you manage your menopause symptoms. And if you go to bed with your blood sugar high, instead of staying in that nice narrow range overnight, insulin will kick in, the blood sugar will start to fall, and in two or three hours, bing, you'll be wide awake. Wasn't a hot flush, didn't seem to be any noise going on. It's probably all about the cortisol saying, wake up, wake up, sort it out, there's a danger on the way. So if you're in the habit of dropping off to sleep okay, but find that you're waking up for no apparent reason at 2 or 3 a.m., the chances are it's all about your blood sugar. And you need to start thinking about what you're eating in the evening that could be disrupting the balance. So let's take a look at how to help your body maintain that good balance. You need to think about two key nutrients. Complex carbohydrate, which is rich in fibre, and protein. So let's start with fibre. This is the brown stuff. Brown bread, brown rice and brown pasta, for example. Oats are also a great source of complex carbohydrate. Vegetables, of course, they're packed with fibre. And fruits with an edible skin, because the fibre tends to hang around the skin, rather than those fleshy tropical fruits like mango, pineapple, banana. They have their benefits for sure, but you don't tend to eat the skin, so you may not be getting quite as much in the way of the fibre. It's also important to limit refined carbohydrate, like white bread or white pasta. And of course, sugary foods in general, because the body will burn through these much more quickly than complex carbohydrate. And that's going to lead to that blood sugar crash. Now, of course, you don't need me to tell you that if you have a large bar of galaxy, then that's full of sugar. That's what I call honest sugar. You know what you're letting yourself in for and you go into it with your eyes open. But where it gets difficult are those hidden or unexpected sugars. For example, a 25 gram pot of fruit yogurt would contain often between four to six teaspoons of sugar. Certain breakfast cereals, just one portion, which is smaller than you think, by the way, can contain between seven to nine teaspoons of sugar. A glass of freshly squeezed orange juice from a carton contains roughly the same amount of sugar as the same glass of regular Coke. So there can be a lot of sugar out there in places you weren't necessarily expecting to see it. 
And if you want to be sugar savvy, then take a look at the label. Four grams of sugar is about a teaspoon. So you can do the maths, you know your four times table. Anything that's got uh, more than four teaspoons of sugar in per serving, more than 16 grams of sugar, is something you need to take a look at. Either look at having a product that is uh, lower in sugar or perhaps have a smaller portion of that specific thing if you're very keen to have it. That way you can at least start to keep on top of what's going on. And then the secret weapon in all of this is protein. Protein is hard to digest. It slows down the release of the carbohydrate, keeping you going for even longer. And good sources of protein would include meat, fish or eggs, for example, certain forms of dairy, concentrated dairy, such as authentic Greek yogurt or cottage cheese, for example. And of course, all the lovely plant proteins like lentils, chickpeas, beans, hummus, soya, quinoa, nuts and seeds, all great sources of protein. So the trick is, and if you only remember one thing from this podcast, and if you've already started to drift away, come back to me, remember this. You need to have a combination of protein and fiber with every meal and snack. That's the trick. Protein and fiber with every meal and every snack. Now, how are you going to make that happen in practical terms? Let's take a look at breakfast first. If you're a toast person, that's fine. Just make sure it's wholemeal toast and then opt for a protein-rich topping. So I'm not talking about jam or honey or marmite, which don't have an ounce of protein in them. I'm talking about things like unsweetened peanut or almond butter or maybe cottage cheese or perhaps an egg, which is a fantastic source of protein. Don't let anyone tell you you can't have an egg every day. You absolutely can. They're practically a superfood. If you prefer cereal or porridge or maybe overnight oats, then this is where you can use nuts and seeds. So I'd be looking at adding a couple of tablespoons, maybe of pumpkin seeds, sunflower seeds, ground flax seeds or chopped nuts, chopped walnuts, for example, to bump up that protein content along with your milk or your yogurt. Or of course, you could have an egg with wilted spinach and avocado, for example, or mushrooms and tomatoes. Again, that lovely protein fiber combination. And by the way, if you started panicking, I just want to reassure you, I'm not saying you can't have a cup of tea or coffee in the morning. It's just that it's important to get the balance right so that you're not doing too much all at once. You're not having it alongside, let's say, a big glass of orange juice, a sugary cereal or muffin, for example, as well, because all of that together, that's going to add up to the big blood sugar spike. So getting the balance right and then there's no problem with having your tea or coffee. When it comes to lunch and dinner, you need to make sure that the protein portion is a quarter of the overall meal, because this is how you'll balance the blood sugar and avoid that dreaded mid-afternoon crash. You're looking for a fist-sized portion. Your fist, by the way, not anyone else's. So something like a chicken breast size or a salmon steak or a couple of dollops of hummus, for example, if you're following a plant-based diet. And then... The starchy carbohydrates like rice or pasta, for example, should also be a quarter of the meal. No more than that. And again, about a fist size, not half the plate, as can happen so often if we get carried away. But we really don't need that much starch because most of us have a pretty sedentary lifestyle. And then, of course, you leave half the meal for all those lovely vegetables, which are full of menopause friendly vitamins and minerals, as well as being packed with fiber. So have a think about how you can start to tweak your meals in a way that makes them more blood sugar friendly. 
Even if you're having a sandwich, you can still get the balance right by having wholemeal bread and making sure there are chunks of chicken or tuna or falafel in there rather than the pathetic portion of protein that you tend to get with a supermarket meal deal. And then have two vegetables in there, like spinach and tomato, or maybe lettuce and cucumber, to bump up the fibre. And suddenly your sandwich starts to look something like a meal, doesn't it? Which will keep you going and maintain your blood sugar levels, so that those stress hormones don't even get a look in, and your adrenal glands can focus on producing the oestrogen you need. If you want a bit more concrete advice on how to do this, I've got an extensive chapter in my book, The Happy Menopause, Smart Nutrition to Help You Flourish which explains it all in a step-by-step way. Plus, I share a big selection of simple meal swaps to help you make small changes to your breakfast, lunch, dinner and snacks to keep your blood sugar really happy. It's available in all the usual places, both online and in bookstores. Okay, that's the plug over and done with. I like to keep these things simple because your body really does know what it's doing. And because it has its own built-in blood glucose monitor, which keeps an eye on everything, taking action to adjust the levels if required. In fact, the body has systems for everything, because it's programmed to keep everything in balance via a system called homeostasis. So it's got its own detox system. It has its own blood sugar monitor. It regulates sodium levels via the sodium-potassium pump, and so on. It doesn't really need you to be second-guessing it. So I would be very wary about wearing a blood glucose monitor. Unless, of course, you're a diabetic and your doctor has advised it. Or it's been recommended by a registered nutritionist or dietitian, and you're getting expert advice on how to understand the readings. Because they can be confusing and at times contradictory. There are multiple factors that can influence the blood glucose response outside of one specific meal. Sleep, exercise, stress, and the effect of a second meal, for example. You might find that one reading says you can't tolerate a banana, which could lead you to eliminate them from your diet, whereas another reading on a different day might show that a banana is fine, because one or more of those non-meal factors could have impacted the original response to the banana. This stuff isn't black and white. It's all very nuanced, and your body doesn't really need you to be second-guessing it. All you have to do is give it the tools to do the job it's so cleverly programmed to do so that you can get on with your very busy day. Doesn't that sound good? So that's it for this episode. I hope you found it useful. The more consistent you can be with this approach, the more you'll feel the benefit of balancing your blood sugar. So why not give it a go and focus on the protein fiber balance? It could be a game changer for you and for your menopause symptoms. If you'd like to find out more about my menopause nutrition clinic, which is online, so you can chat to me from the comfort of your own home, or my nutrition books and workshops, I've put all the relevant links on the show notes, which you'll find on the podcast page of my website, well-well-well.co.uk. Look out for a special Christmas podcast next week, where I've prepared a fun nutrition quiz for you, which includes lots of practical tips and clever tricks of how to get through the festive season unscathed. So make sure you check it out. If you've enjoyed the podcast, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And please give it a five-star rating and a short review on Apple Podcasts or whichever platform you listen on. I'd be so grateful. 
And do tell your friends and family about it too. It really does make a huge difference to the visibility of the podcast so that more women can find the show. After all, every woman deserves to have a happy menopause. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now.